if you're if you're an, an e pirate, do you wear an eye patch? <laughs> 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 I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 37, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. On this week's episode, I am joined by three other people. And we talk about polyhedra, from the regular, to the convex, to the star convex, to the polytopes. We try to cover it all. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, a mathematical podcast that is still coming to you from mine and Nathan's apartment. And let's see, uh, oh, he's not going to argue this time. That's right. Our first guest I'm going to introduce today is the man who uh, lives, like, what, like a little bit jot down a hallway from me these days. Uh, uh, I really got nothing else interesting to say about him. Uh, That would be Mr. Nathan Rowe. Hi. I just purchased a vacuum after living here for... Nine months or something. So, uh, and it yet feels he has good. not offered to let me use it. <laughs> Would you like to? <laughs> You'll have okay. to clean it after. We have we have a recorded uh, agreement here that I get to use the vacuum if you clean it after. I agree to clean it after. Are you going to vacuum it out? Shut or up! Something? Shut up! I haven't introduced you yet. Okay, so the next person I'm going to introduce is uh, the person who tends to wake me up at three o'clock. With calls about science fiction uh, franchises that I do not like or care about. Did you talk this Mr. Time? Christopher Bates. I'm working on a new book and a screenplay. It's going to be awesome. I'll read it by you. you know, just uh, yeah. Uh, aim for 1 a.m. instead of 3 this time. Now, when you said you there, did you mean you as in Sam or you as in the listener? <laughs> I, I specifically mean anyone who Chris has the phone number of. <laughs> Uh, I was specifically talking about me most recently, but and I'm sure it extends onto a lot of other people in this room, it, at least the majority of people in this room. And uh, the next up is a man who has the most annoying text message uh, announcement ever, and I know this because I share an office with them, Brandon Metz. That's right, you don't get a mister, you fucking asshole. I'm a very mysterious man. It, just because you don't want to talk about it doesn't mean it's not there. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I want to talk about whatever I, you're I've talking decided, about, but I don't know what it is. I've decided all, everything I say is going to be extremely cryptic and have no meaning whatsoever. Except, Except for that. that. Just and that. that. <laughs> and that. Just that. Have you become a Taoist? No, I just saw the Scientologist today on campus and yesterday... That's why I was wondering. Oh. Did you you were you talking to them? Is that why you called him? Did you get the free stress no. test? No. Oh, See, that's what it was when I biked by the other. Yeah, yesterday. and they have like the Elron Hubbard like box set sitting there on the table for you to buy. Like it's a huge thing. That's three feet wide. I was like, Dianetics. It feels so good. Is Wait. that what that was? I yeah. have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I came up with a way to end. That. Okay, we're not gonna actually <laughs> listen to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just came up with a way to end that, that where you say everything I say is a lie except for that and that and that. You can end it with and this and that, and you're done. Okay, mm. that was that was fucking. Stupid. That was perfect. No, no like, next time I, I, that's I've absolutely always, I've always been like, how do you get out of that? How do you get out of, if you just say, you just stop talking? If you just cite the sentence you're currently <laughs> saying. But what if we don't want to stop talking? You're, you're good. Then we should then say you're that. me. <laughs> oh, that's very true. Never mind. <laughs> Like, I mean, that, that's a necessary and sufficient condition for to Samuel Hansen Sam Hood. Well, they, they had their, their table set up. And they had a sign that said, well, I was walking from the, the office, and I, I saw a sign that said, free stress. I was like, well, who the hell's going to want free stress? I mean, we're already paying for stress here at, you know, at, at the university. Well, I mean, think about it, if you could just get it for free. And then you... Uh, except little... you don't get a piece of paper at the end saying that you have a degree. You just have a... 
you have a certain degree of stress. I, actually, that free stress was being handed out by Scientologists. Um, like they they gave me a, one of their one, like a little card as I walked by, and sure enough, we had Scientologists proselytizing on our campus today. Yeah, but I mean, we have other people proselytizing on our campus all the time. I don't see why they should get less. I just, they're like, there I almost twenty four hours a day. Does math? They're there from like that? six a.m. till nine at night. And well, or even 10. I was like, damn, what are these people well, doing out here? Just saying, was one of them Tom Cruise? No, I was looking because yeah, I really wanted I to meet him. I would have joined on the spot. <laughs> I'd be like, Tom Cruise? What's really? it like being Tom I mean, Cruise? There are, there are Scientologists who could probably convince me, but that would be like Jason Lee or Beck. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if Beck walked up to me like, Sam, <laughs> you need to become a Scientologist. I'd be like, dude, Beck, okay. <laughs> no, actually, I wouldn't. There's, no, there's nothing that could convince me to join that religion. Not even Tom Cruise? No, God, no. That's like a strike against it. John, Tom Cruise and John Travolta is like, yes, we will make you watch our horrible movies over and over and over again. They, they had to end That is somewhere. my uh, Tom Cruise slash John Travolta <laughs> voice. <laughs> they sound like this when they morph together Holy into shit. Tom. <laughs> Cravolta. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be cool if you could. You know how demons in, in movies they always they always speak, but there's a second voice that speaks with them. That's yeah, a to higher make it sound or lower pitch. Yeah, so that there's like a dissonant sound to yeah. their voice. Aren't, you got to get that going. No, no, I got a bigger question. Are Scientologists like? The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or like Voltron. <laughs> they Can they form be. into one gigantic thing? And that's really what uh, Xenu or Xenu is. It's not really an alien, it's the morphed combination of all Scientologists once they mate critical mass. Holy shit. They Do they explode then? Because that'd be pretty awesome. No, no, no. They don't yeah, explode. They make, they turn into a gigantic robot. <laughs> Which is that, the most retarded thing I've ever heard of. Consider, <laughs> considering they're alive and they're organic. Yeah, no, but when they reach critical mass and all morph together, they become a gigantic so they turn robot metallic that and beats, that fights other gigantic robots from like alien worlds. Or like so, the, are they Scientologists on those alien worlds too? Like, do they morph into their own like Xenon? No, 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 no. They they just have advanced technology. Can build gigantic. Oh, robots. so they're not Scient Scientologists. They're just no. They're smarter than that. Oh, very good point. <laughs> Just like the most of us. I think that the Destructicons did that. Remember, they were like building machines, like bulldozers. And yeah, fuck that, everything wait, Remember when I announced this podcast? What type of podcast was it? Because I've forgotten at this point. Oh, that's right. It's a math podcast. Uh, so, so mathematically, this makes sense. Uh, <laughs> mathematically, this, this doesn't matter. So let's actually get into the topic, which we always have every week here at Combinations and we Permutations. Do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we're we're just trying to set more records as to how long we get there. <laughs> now, now this is a topic that uh, very closely ties into our our topic of Euler from last week, and I I just I was I was thinking about this, and I'm I'm reading a book about it, which means that one person in here knows what we're talking about now, other than me, um, if he thinks about it hard. Uh, and I've, I've been reading a book about this, and we we talked about uh, the formula. And I just, I just really figured that this would be an area that it's, it's surprising we haven't talked about, and we probably should. And that is, of course, what, Brandon? Topology? No, and not Euler's topology. Gem? Euler's gem, yes, which is and about... geometry? Polyhedra. I was getting there. I was going broad. I was thinking everything about the book, going broad, and then getting finer and finer and finer. Can I talk yeah. about buckyballs? Not yes. yet. We, we have to talk about his balls. Uh, no, no, no. He means actual buckyballs. Well, yeah, I'm hoping. Oh, no, no. I, I meant my balls. No. <laughs> yes, he meant the uh, no, balls. Uh, like, you know, no. We play with them One, every day. I, we stick them on the filing cabinet. We make, we make triangles out of them. We, do all, we play with them all Bucky, day long. Buckyballs are not regular polyhedra. No, but the buckyball product, which is, which is Yeah, but not, how, how about we first define polyhedra for, for our audience? Balls. Actually... The buckyball is not semi-regular. Is it not semi-regular? No. Okay, people, let's define <laughs> what we're talking about. Uh, now, no, I'm going to go with the Wikipedia definition, but we're probably going to have to tweak this quite a bit, as uh, Dave Richardson does in the book Euler's Gem, which uh, Brandon mentioned. It's also the book that I happen to be reading right now. That's right. We're book brothers, me and Brandon, yes. right yes. now. Yes. So except, I think we agree on. Except mine, mine is uh, more awesome because it has a signature from the author. Yeah, well, I live, in his I live where Twitter. he lives, so whatever. Yeah, but I've actually talked to him. 
in person and on the internet. I'll hang out with him. No, I, I kind of did. <laughs> I don't think I either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So now that now that we're done measuring whose is longer, uh, <laughs> polyhedron uh, defined as a geometric solid with flat faces and straight edges. Now that's that's What's like straight. Define straight now. Uh, let's say uh, let's let's just assume that Depends for this definition of polyhedra, we're working under <clears throat> Euclidean axioms. Okay. So that gives you your definition of straight. That's okay. And uh, now the reason why uh, this isn't exactly precise or exactly what we want is because when we typically think of polyhedra, we do think of things like the fullerenes or buckyballs, or we think of uh, cubes. Icosahedron. Icosahedron. We will get there pretty quickly. Uh, and tetrahedron and all the rest of them. Uh, one reason why those... <laughs> <laughs> Stop giving spoilers for for my little my little you're talk like, here. Like all the rest, I'm like, there's five regular well, ones. Well, I wasn't. I was talking about all the other named. Oh, okay, okay. Which would take an hour or so to read off. Um, but it, the reason, because we usually think of these, and what we think of are you know these typical shapes. Except this definition of polyhedra allows. Uh, them to be connected on vertices, allows them to be connected on edges, and allows them to be non-convex. Uh, now, uh, someone explain uh, what a non-convex polyhedron would look like. Something. I guess I think that um that model you have that's a non-convex one. I think. Yeah. What, what? model? That little that model you have is that the one. Okay, you need to one. explain it's a little like bit a more. Not everybody Something actually like, knows. Like the star they... polyhedron. The star polyhedrons. No, no. Star polyhedrons are... Uh, they're still uh, convex. They're, they're, they're star convex. Uh, yeah. A, a convex yeah, but poly... non-convex is, is something... Okay, so like, one that's strictly non-convex... Think cube, would be but like... with like a pyramid taken yeah. out. So it, you know, it goes in. It's concave. Essentially, if you think of it in the typical definition of convex you, you, versus usually, concave. Usually... Convex means, given any two points inside yeah. the surface, you can draw a line that stays, uh, the line Within connecting it. those two points stays yes. inside. Yeah, that's so a good definition Those ones of that it. have points sticking out. Um, yeah. Okay. That, oh, oh like now I know what one. you're talking about. The wooden yeah. thing I have. The, the wooden right. like model you have. You can't, I, any point, two points. It's the same shape to... that's in one of the M.C. Escher pictures that's in the, uh, that's in the, the math tutoring clinic um, oh, okay it's yeah. sitting on one of the pillars in okay that yeah that, that is true uh, under that definition uh star polyhedra are non-convex but they're non-concave too uh but so let's let's start talking about with uh the first polyhedron that were really interesting to people uh, and that would be the regular polyhedra um now someone already spoiled the, the exact number of them uh, but let's actually talk a little bit about them. And now, the first regular polyhedra, it seems, were probably found by Pythagoras. Uh, and that is at least the tetrahedron, which is uh, all triangles. And there's four, four faces. Them. Yeah, four triangles. Four faces, yeah. Three uh, it's a triangles, triangular pyramid, Three triangles come to a point at every vertex. Yes. yes. And it looks like he, uh, he also knew the cube which I don't think we need to define that one. <laughs> and it is possible, uh, though, that he may have, but it's also possible that he may not have known the dodecahedron. Oh, well, random. Uh, someone like, want to let uh, listeners know what a dodecahedron is? Oh, shit. It's a lot of pentagons. And, yeah, I think it's pentagons. Yeah, it's do, dodeca means 12. Sides. 12. Dodeca yeah, means it's, 12. Yeah, it's, it's a 12-sided pentagonal structure. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the other two were found because there are five. Uh, the other two were found by Theaetius or Tatus. <laughs> it's a it's a tough tough Greek name. Uh, Theaetius. It looks like uh, he was an he was an <laughs> Athenian. Uh, and those two are uh, the octahedron, which is an eight-sided triangular structure. Where uh, four triangles come so, to a point at every vertex. Yes. Uh, and it looks it's like two it's two... Almost. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, except, it's not two except It's two pyramids. Base. It's except a square base, pyramidal yes. uh, base, and you know, just put them together, essentially, yeah. so you can rotate on either side. And the other one is... The icosahedron. 
which is 20-sided, um, and five, tri five equilateral triangles come to a point at every vertex. Yeah, and um, awesome. now, uh, while he probably did not come up with the proof himself because he came up with almost nothing that's actually credited to him, the first proof of the, uh, the existence of only five regular polyhedra was Euclid. Okay. Uh, it's, it was in, I think, book 13 of the elements, if I'm remembering correctly. What? Look it up. See if it is. If not, that... I'll check it. <laughs> you, oh. I actually have them on my iPod. It, it was book 13. <laughs> it was book 13. You know, if you want to you take part in this podcast, you actually have to like add <clears throat> things, not like, hey, stop talking for a second and look at your computer screen a little bit faster. Well, isn't that all you I do can't... anyways? No, it is not. Whoa. If you notice, <laughs> you notice I actually knew book 13 without looking at the screen. I know, I know. What it's is, giving me a hard time. What is a regular polyhedron? Because I've never actually seen a definition of it. <laughs> I think that you're lying. <laughs> uh, the faces are all congruent right. regular polygons. They're regular. Do you want a definition of regular polygon too, <clears throat> which means all the sides and angle measures are congruent? <clears throat> I think I'm good with that one. <laughs> uh, well, I gave it to you anyway, and then assembled the same way around each vertex. So each vertex has the same number of things connecting to it. They're all regular polygons. So there's your definition of regular polyhedra, you asshole. Why do you always give me questions like that? Well, I figure, I mean, I, I just need refreshing. Yeah, I mean, Refreshment. The, the reason... the reason. Physics. Come on. I mean, the, the, the reason they use that for their regular definition is because it, it, it essentially says that all Everything possible... Everything is regular. <laughs> all possible symmetries are there. So you can replace any vertex with another vertex. You can replace any edge with another edge. You can replace any face with another face. Um... All of those isometries preserve the, the shape, um, and, it, and it will look the same if you rotate it to, to, to meet that. So. Yeah, one, uh, one quite interesting uh, thing about, about regular polyhedra is their duality principles, actually. Oh, that, yeah, that is interesting. Okay, so uh, Nathan, Which I mean, you awesome. know a decent amount about this. So how do you form the dual of a polyhedra? Um, you, instead, of, instead of connecting, you, you sort of... Um, Put a dot at the midpoint of every edge and call those the every new face. Every edge of a face. Is it every edge? I could have sworn it There's was. There's a couple ways you can do it. Oh, okay. One of them is one of them is that way, which um I did a I did a report on this before. I forget what that one's called, but um there's another way where you actually cut. You can cut the vertices and you can keep cutting them. So yeah, that it, it, it shrinks to a point, but you cut them equally amount. The, yeah, the duals of polyhedra refer to where there's vertices corresponding to each face yes. of the other, not to each edge of the other. Maybe there, like there's the, probably a different. I think it. I think it works with the edges because to get from the dodecahedron to the icosahedron, you can do edges. It does. It ends. You can do the uh, the midpoints of them on certain ones, but I. Maybe yeah, maybe not on, sure. maybe not on all of them. So maybe the faces is more. Yeah, general. because but the like, idea is it, you're supposed to switch the number of vertices right. with the number of yeah, like, with the number of faces. When you think of a cube, and you want to make because otherwise Euler's characteristic would fail. Well, I mean, it wouldn't fail, but it'd be it's a lot oh, harder to see right. why it is true. Sorry. The cube, because like if you want to try and imagine what this is, like the cube and the octahedron are duals. Yes. They're, so what you th you picture a cube, and you kind of like cut. Cut off the corners of the cube, and if you keep doing that, you'll end up with a point to each face of the cube. So you'll reduce it down to a point, and then you'll end up with an octahedron, which is it yeah could have been said or, a lot more elegantly than that. Or if you just if you just think of um, <laughs> shrinking of, the faces to cube, a point, a, a, a hollow cube, and you have a point in the center of each of them, <clears throat> and then you connect uh, from the top top of the cube, you connect mm -hmm. down to the ones around the. Uh, outside and then from the bottom you also do that and then you connect the outsides to the closest two right. the closest two neighbors of one another you can also form the octahedron rather simply mm -hmm. so uh the tetrahedron is dual with itself uh because really cool yeah same number uh, i mean it's the same number of vertices as there are faces um and then the cube and octahedron are dual and the icosahedron and dodecahedron are also dual and it uh turns out there's there's another uh, there's there's another set of uh, regular polyhedra so as the well. Ke the Kepler Poinsot. Yeah, the Poinsot. I don't know how to say. Yeah, Poinsot. Yeah, those are they're uh, they're yeah. duals of each other too. Yeah, Kepler Poinsot polyhedra, and these are the star polyhedra, and that's the small 
stellated dodecahedron, great stellated dodecahedron, great dodecahedron, and great icosahedron. That's so cheap. Like if I, <laughs> you if you invent something new that's not quite as perfect for, for one reason or another, but you put the word great in front of it when you name it, just to like. But there's also the small. Yeah, yeah the small. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which one was uh, Which one was Baby Superman's uh, spaceship? You know, like, remember he flew to Earth and that he grew up in that little space. It was like a crystal or something, and it had a whole a bunch of polyhedron. It was okay. a star one of the star ones, you know, a great one. Okay, I guess. so so let's get back to the, now. Uh, polyhedra have have long been studied and and just looked at because they are quite beautiful structures, and they yeah. do show up in the real world. Uh, they show up uh, in the man-made world quite often too, because quite often they're very strong and aerodynamic. Such as, as uh, Nathan mentioned earlier, buckyballs, which are, uh, there's, what? Which kind of buckyballs? Uh, we're talking about actual <laughs> fullerenes. Okay, okay. The polyhedra, polyhedral right. the ones. The Buckminster Fuller ball. Yes. <laughs> uh, fuller, but yes. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, does he not have the umlaut? No, no, it's just fuller. It's Buckminster well, Fuller. I've called him Fueler my whole life. <laughs> Just so. like you call it Euler Euler? <laughs> Sam, I think you've crushed yes. Nathan's bucky balls. <laughs> uh, now, uh, there's an interesting, and uh, also golf balls are in the same structure. They're uh, hexagonal and uh, pentagonal? pentagonal. Yeah. So there's hexagons and pentagons. One thing that's very interesting about any structure like that, though, is that there are exactly 12 pentagons. Yeah. Any structure like that? Yeah. Uh, it's, well, it's there's, just, there's, there's less pentagons than there are hexagons, and it's usually, that shows up a lot in those structures just because of the way you can put them together. Where the, the location <clears throat> of the pentagons, um, if you just like expand the well, pen, yeah, the no, pentagons. I mean, it, there's, there's a few things that I'm uh, forgetting. No, no, like I, I, I don't doubt it because there are 12 pentagons in the dodecahedron. So what you're saying is, is that. The soccer ball is essentially you're slicing a little bit off the edges um, so that it, you've still got the dodecahedron in. I mean, you've got the dodecahedron yeah. there, but then you've got in between each. Yeah, shape but they this. have to be hexagons yeah. and they have to be connected in a certain way. I just I'm forgetting some of it. It's it's covered in Euler's gem. It, but it has to do it. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I just I just read that section. Yeah. I just uh, yeah. don't remember the exact things. Well, and and it's it has to do with tessellations too, with how the vertices, with how the vertices and tessellations have to add up to a certain degree, which is three hundred and sixty. But that's anything. But that's why that's also that also has to do with why these like the soccer ball, for example, has so many pentagons and hexagons, just the way they're well, arranged. Well, pentagons and hexagons fit together really they're, well. They're really good. You see that in all the like. Really big sphere-like objects usually. Well, end yeah, up being I mean, like uh, uh, geodesic <clears throat> spheres as well are uh, in the same sort of structure. As a matter of fact, they're yeah. the uh, dual of another one of those structures. I don't know the dual of that one. Oh no, because geodesic domes are triangles, but it has the same five-six relationship uh, because okay. it's the dual of one of the hexagon-pentagon ones. Uh, now, uh, now let's actually talk a little bit about. I mean, how they show. I, I, we've mentioned a little bit of the Greek stuff, and of course, we've mentioned Euler's characteristic, which we will come back to because it's one of the most important results in this, uh, as it's especially as it starts spinning out to topology. But one person who did some uh, interesting work, uh, <laughs> it was interesting uh, work with polyhedra, is actually Kepler, Johann Kepler. Uh, in Mystic Circle, or uh, not Mystic Circle, uh, damn it, I cannot remember the name of that book, uh, but it has to do with or, Cosmic Mystery. Cosmic Mystery, that's the name of it. Uh, he was developing a heliocentric. It was actually the first published uh, uh, heliocentric model uh, post-Copernicus. And uh, in it, he actually used... The regular polyhedra <laughs> to develop his model. Right. He had a he had it a, was sphere like a sphere and then a, and cube. Then a cube and then a sphere inside the cube and then uh, it was retarded uh, looking. Like uh, it was, I think <clears throat> the icosahedron and then another another sphere and then the tetrahedron, another sphere, octahedron, another sphere, then dodecahedron. <laughs> and and yeah, yeah, totally <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it was actually surprisingly accurate because he was using these shapes. He uh, what allowed for non-circular orbits, 
Right. Because of the use of the shape inside the sphere allowed him to stop the orbits from being perfectly circular. He was also the one who debunked himself. Oh, good. Good, yeah. good. Yeah. Like, I mean, he recognized that he was wrong. Uh, but, you know, I mean, uh, it, at least it was slightly interesting, right? It's kind of cool. It would have <laughs> been cool if it was true. I, actually, I just realized we, we skipped something uh, when we were talking about regular polyhedra. <clears throat> and that's, uh, what is the other name for regular polyhedra? Oh, the platonic solids. Yes. And oh. why are they called the platonic solids? Plato refers to him. Well, yeah, and also, but... in Plato's school, it said, uh, what? Let no one enter without no one. What, who, what was that? Um, How does that go? Yeah, let, let no, no man enter here who is does not, not versed know in geometry. Yeah, something like that. Yes, yes. That's, that's, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, uh, but uh, the, another reason that <clears throat> uh, they call them the platonic solids, actually, is because Plato thought that they were the building blocks, the atomic uh, building yes. blocks of matter. Um, now, I'm trying to, trying to find here exactly he, what... He was kind of close. Because um, yeah, except carbon atoms form naturally into things very similar. Yeah, except he thought that the cube stood for Earth, the octahedron stood for air, the icosahedron stood for water, and the tetrahedron stood for fire. Yeah, he was way off. <laughs> <laughs> and the so dodecahedron is, of... is the god used for arranging the constellations on the whole heaven. That was a quite a jump there to the, <laughs> from all those earthly things well, to yeah, the gods. But, <laughs> well, no, but I mean, they... Back in it, it Greek time, earth, looks... wind, or earth, air, fire, and water were godlike. Like, why right. the hell is there this fifth one? Well, you have to throw a heart. You have to throw. <laughs> I got to do something hearts. with it, right? You have to throw a heart in there so you can make Captain Planet. Or something. <laughs> Kepler also actually believed that a model of the building blocks of matter as well. Uh, he had he defined his. I think he defined his in the same way, but uh, he mm. used slightly different reasoning. Mm. Uh, air was the. Uh, What's air is the octahedron because if you put it between your two fingers, it spins really easily, which means it's the most unstable. Yes. A cube is the most stable because you can put a flat surface and it's hard to tip over, so it's Earth. Uh, the dodecahedron looked like uh, the astrology something or other, so that's the universe. Probably the zodiac with that. Yeah, the zodiac. Uh, let's see. I can't remember the reason. Uh, oh, icosahedron had the. Uh, largest amount of volume so it was the wettest therefore it was water <laughs> <laughs> well you can't get everything right and Kepler I mean come on <laughs> he can't get anything right <laughs> that's very true <laughs> no I mean but I mean, he he did I mean he did you know debunk himself on the uh, on like, his model of the universe I must have been least. smoking some funny stuff to and, think that <laughs> and the model that he came up with later is the one that Newton later proved to be true the laws of the three laws of planetary motion so yeah, Kepler he, Kepler was a smart guy but he was also very much a mystic I uh, there's a quote about how he's kind of a watershed person in science <laughs> Because he was both a scientist who came up with great abstract scientific thoughts, but also was a complete and utter mystic who would just, you know, do things because, or say things because they felt, you know, godlike to him. And it's something that the beauty of polyhedra seems to bring out a lot in yeah. people. Uh, I, I love, I love the... I'm going to tell a story if it's okay with you, Sam. I'm not going to stop you. Okay. I might mute well, you, but anyway, I'm not going to stop you. Uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, I bought I bought something off thinkgeek.com that, that's called Our new sponsor. <laughs> no, no, no they're not. No. Don't don't uh, sue us for saying that, please. But you could send us some money, really? Please. We could use some. Anyway, they're called true. they're called Bucky Balls not because You wouldn't get any. <laughs> Anyway, what they are are pay for my it's it's tiny little circular magnets, all right. Um, and they've got a positive side and a negative side, and they can clip together to form to form different shapes. Um, and so it's so nat. The first thing that I did when I make made them was put them together into pentagons and put pentagons together into a dodecahedron and just gawk at it because it was so cool looking. I mean, it's it's just always. And then, and then I, from there, I made the icosahedron and the, uh, you know, tetrahedron and octahedron. Every single regular polyhedra just they clip together perfectly and are so stable. Um, it and I, I don't know. There, it, there's some some draw about these regular polyhedra that just that just made me want to make them as soon as I got hold of the of the. 
Oh, there's a draw for another uh, one of the solids, and that's the uh, Archimedean solids. Uh, they're a highly symmetric semi-regular convex polyhedra. Uh, two or more types of regular polygons meeting in identical vertices. So, and this is very similar to regular. It's just we're now allowing more than one type. And the buckyball is one of the Archimedean solids, actually. Okay. Uh, now, these include things with such names as the cuboctahedron, <laughs> uh, the rhombacabidacahedron. <laughs> that was funnier than the first one. <laughs> uh, the the snub cube. Okay. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. That's Ico C dodecahedron. Holy Is that a shit. dance or something? <laughs> Holy shit, that was pretty awesome sounding. <laughs> Rhombicosa dodecahedron. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes up with these? Uh, the truncated Ico uh, C dodecahedron. <laughs> what the? Do, no. you have, do these have pictures? Yeah, but I'm not going to show them to you're, you right you're... now. Decently bad at reading those. I'm just like I know how to pronounce them because we we can we talk about them in uh, geometry. Yeah, and my geometry and the nomenclature and where it comes from and yeah. things like that. Yeah, and so I just it's just so painful to hear yeah. you say them. Well, I'm not I'm not good at it because I've never actually covered them in a class. Well, at least yeah. none of the Archimedean solids. Let the, the the uh, listener know that. Uh, oh, I'm bad at this. <laughs> I, I I thoroughly recognize that. Well, anybody who actually listens to this podcast would know that already. That's a good point, Brandon. <laughs> I, I thought so too. <laughs> but it's also it's also good inspiration for people to go out and seek the stuff for themselves, you know, and just check out the pictures of these objects because our, our descriptions are probably pretty. You know bad. what, Chris? You are really not very useful on this. You know, I had them muted. I'm gonna unmute them and mute you. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, all your, all your, I can yell really loud. You're unmuted. I can yell really loud. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, Chris, all you're given is like, oh, people should go check this out. The next thing you're going to do is say, oh, they should probably go to acmescience.com where they can fo- probably find links to these things. Who would go to that site? <laughs> okay. Low blow, Brandon. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry about that, Sam. <laughs> Come on, I actually do put up some interesting things there. I think I know, I probably know. Probably the most important of the uh, of the uh, polyhedra, at least to this town, are cubes. I mean, that's what probably makes most of. I money, just right? I don't want to listen. <laughs> what? To I, I have so no. I don't know where you were going you with dice. That. Oh, dice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, a, yeah. Thank. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's okay. the most well known. What a, I mean, but they could they could have invented craps with octahedrons or well, dodecahedrons. Think, think about it. Dodecahedrons. You play with a D and D set of dice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Twenty sides. Yeah. Well, that's the icosahedron. But it, I I saw recently like uh, another thing on ThinkGeek was um, <laughs> I keep mentioning it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's a weird shaped dice they had. That you you're just not used to seeing like a three sided die, which seem you know when I first heard three sided die I was like isn't that impossible? You know? <laughs> well, it, it's impossible for, for it to be regular. Well, yes, yes, but <laughs> like, but the um, the probability of of one of those sides is going to be yeah. Well, anyway, um, what they end up doing is they just have a, a triangle, a triangular like cylinder thing, um, but then they. On the edges, instead of it being flat, they curve it so that it's impossible for it to land on that edge. And then oh. it falls perfectly onto one oh, of the okay. three triangular... Well, actually, one of the interesting uh, things of using the uh, dual properties, you can actually make a perfectly uh, perfectly uh, regular probability round die. And you have to use the dual property. You take an octahedron and you embed it in... you uh, Hollow out an octahedron inside of a sphere. And then you put a weighted ball. Oh, yes, yes. And then I've you can these. roll it, and then the ball will move, but it's going to land in one of four things with equal probability. Huh. Yeah, I've, I've seen one of those. They're, they're actually really cool. Yeah, and then you just print the numbers on the outside. Yeah, they just print them. Or on one, of the, one of the six, thing, one of the six <clears throat> numbers, not four. I, I have but. a spherical die at home. Um, they're pretty cool. Why don't I believe? Well, you don't want to bring it to craps games because you will get shot. <laughs> wow! Like he was really funny before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, happened? funny. Yeah, what the hell happened? Chris? <laughs> I thought we were gonna have a good show. You're like fucking <laughs> up. You wasted your A game. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's start talking a little bit about the Euler characteristic, which we touched on uh, touched on last time. It is the uh, second most beautiful equation. Stop. Second only to his own. <laughs> yes, other second only, <laughs> his only to his <laughs> own yes. work. Uh, and that's the, that's that is, how he rolls. Uh, that on 
that on convex polyhedra, this is where we definitely need to point out that this is for convex polyhedra, the number of vertices plus the number of faces minus the number of edges is two, which is an amazing result and actually probably uh, one of the first major results uh, in a subject other than combinatorics using combinatorics because his proof was combinatorial, which was fascinating for the time because everyone up till this point who did work on this, including uh, Descartes, who had a result very similar but not identical to this, used um, you know, metric, you know, regular geometrical metric ideas of measuring mm -hmm. things. Whereas Euler's really big jump on this was just saying, hey, uh, we can essentially say that anything with six faces uh, and eight vertices, and uh, let's see, how many, how many edges are, well, six faces, eight vertices, 12 edges, is essentially the same. And, and because, I mean, it, obviously one of those things is the cube, but you can get non-regular things that look very similar to the cube in structure. And that was really Euler's true breakthrough on this. And uh, what, Brandon, what... Uh, subject area did this uh, kind of breakthrough allow the development of? Oh, this went into topology then. It's all based from that. Yeah. And, and so uh, is there a similar uh, Euler characteristic number then uh, in topology for various different surfaces? Uh, I can't remember. Not, not, this is a yes to... or no question. I, I you know the answer I, to this. I, I believe there is. Yes, there I'm... is. It, pro it probably depends on the topological no, characteristics no, of, well, the, of the space. Well, they haven't found all of them, but I believe that there's a certain that there's a proof or something that states that there has to be one. Oh. So for sphere objects, uh, you know, you can still divide it into faces. You don't, and you can still have edges and vertices uh, that can divide it into faces. You'll find that for all uh, topologically equivalent to sphere objects, Euler's. Uh, characteristic works whereas uh it's i think it if it's a donut. changes if it changes to the torus or tasty tori yes uh, i'm hungry <laughs> yeah you you don't know why that's funny i don't know but i know there's an episode are. called tasty tori <laughs> i still want some food <laughs> uh, I, I believe that the number changes to three when oh. you when you're talking about the a tor a tori or a, a toroidal space, are you talking about the space that the polyhedron is in, or are we talking no, about we're talking polyhedra that look like I'd say it's a it's a poly it would be a polyhedra polyhedral type object that has a single hole. Yeah, a three dimensional so, polyhedral yeah. object with topologically a topologically equivalent yeah. to the torus, so that I mean you can you can just push and like yeah, because, stretch things. Because you can stretch putty. all of this. I mean, even even if you take a, just a regular, say, a, the tetrahedron, you can still deform that to the sphere. Uh, ju but you just keep the connections that split it into faces. Hence the spherical, uh, the equivalence to a sphere, I guess, topologically, you can you can place all of the vertices onto a sphere by yeah, warping Yeah, exactly. Them. Okay, I see. So yeah, and there are Euler characteristics for other topological spaces. Which I, I think is, I mean, that's, that's... That's pretty freaking cool. I'm going to try... I've never thought to try to make a polyhedra with a torus topology, you know, with genus one. Um, so I, I like, I'm going to... I wonder I wonder what they would freaking look like. Like, I, I wonder if you can get a semi-regular one. I wonder if you can get a regular. Yeah. Or that. We, well, we'd have to. We'd probably have to define the notion of regularity or semi-regularity in terms of the symmetry group of the of the, uh, well, of the no, polyhedron. I mean, you don't. You don't have to change the definition for this because it's, uh, you know, all of the shapes that you use have to be regular themselves. Right. So if you're using hexagons and polygons for semi-regular, the hexagons all have to be regular and the same. All the pentagons have right. to be regular and the same, and you have to have uh, the same connections at each vertex that wouldn't have to change at all if right. we change into a genus one space but, right. but the regu but the notion of regularity is a metric notion i mean no, it actually not. takes into account the, the actual lengths of the edges of the of well, the of the uh, faces yeah right. but but it's it takes into the lengths lengths being invariant not as in it's exactly one meter but the, the congruence right. well, is still, still there. Need, you still need a metric space, There's right? A sense but of distance you can embed you can embed a torus into R three and just use the Euclidean metric. 
Um, yeah. And you don't use yeah, the spherical metric. Um, well, you could use the spherical metric. Well, you would when you deform it to the sphere. Yeah, but when you, you deform don't, it to the sphere, you use the You don't metric. when you're just putzing around in R3 with actual shapes. Right, right. Yeah. What about higher dimensions? Are there any generalizations of polyhedra to higher dimensions? You are... Uh, I yes, haven't got. I that's true. There I, are. I have not gotten that far in the book as far as whether or not there's characteristics for it. Uh, I don't know if there is. I don't know if it's something being studied currently, but it's there are. In, but no, I mean, there are polyhedra. Yes, but, polyhedra. No, but I was talking about the characteristics. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the characteristic equations um, because now you have edges, faces, vertices, and superfaces. Yeah. Um, so you, the equation would be more complicated. But it, it seems like if there's a certain invariant relationship, at least with convex, if you, is there still a definition of con, there should still be a definition of convex for yeah, the higher yeah, yeah. dimensional. Yeah, that's definitely uh, true. So if there's that sort of invariant in the lower dimensional, it seems like there should be on the higher dimensional too, because you can actually uh, take this and go down a step to planar graphs also have this, a similar invariant structure wow. with but i mean it makes sense i mean because planar graphs are essentially just the uh smushing down into two dimensions yeah. of a polyhedra yeah. so if you Cost have a cut. if you have a convex planar graph then the number you, you of edges equals the number of vertices is that just i think i get? think it has to be a uh essentially a closed planar graph more than anything else uh like there's there's no there's none that have a connection. I think it has to be uh, larger than three regular degree, uh, because in order to be uh, a polyhedral type, you can't have a, a vertex off by itself with one edge. Yeah, yeah. And which I mean doesn't violate the idea of a planar graph. So you'd have to at least be three regular minimum. And actually, if you think about it, the proof for the uh, uh, existence of no three regular graphs of degree larger than whatever it is, it's actually very similar to the proof for uh, uh, the total number of regular polyhedra. As a matter of fact, they would be directly uh, comparable because uh, the whole idea behind the proof for regular polyhedra is that you can't, once you get above a certain number, then it just can't happen because it... Uh, you end up with too many edges or too many the faces. The vertices don't add up right. They yeah, the vertices don't add up right. You can't fit so them it's, together. It's just like, because uh, you, you can't have a, no, you cannot have a five uh, vertex three regular graph, can you? I believe that that's the cutoff point. I don't really know what five vertex three regular means. Well, uh, three, okay. So I guess we're talking about graph theory here. Three regular means that the degree of every vertex is three. Oh, okay. And the That's five is... The number of vertices. The number, number of vertices. vertices. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Could we try to classify all the regular polyhedra of, say, four-dimensional Euclidean space? Uh, that is a very good question that is so far out of my areas of expertise... <laughs> You, you look at me like I'm going to have all the answers. Just because I have a laptop open in well, front have, of me doesn't mean that I'm going to know at least, this. At least for the cube. The, the cube is widely studied in higher dimensions. And you see, and of course, of course, the tesseract, you know, the, yeah, the hypercube. four-dimensional one right there. But that extends up into many, many... There's, But it makes sense, right? Because, you know, you're still using the same Euclidean metric, in, which is expand, expandable to higher dimensions than four. Okay, a graph of six convex regular four polytopes. <laughs> What's a polytope? A uh, polytope, I imagine, is, is that just when, like, a... Is that when tadpoles become a little bit bigger? and That's polytope. Polytope is a geometric object with flat sides which exists in any general number of dimensions. You can't be a polyhedra anymore yeah. when you go up a dimension because it implies a certain... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it implies a certain existence. <laughs> That's that's true. So yeah, uh, there's at least six four polytopes. Uh, it's they're actually called polychora, are closed four-dimensional figures. 
uh, that's I'm not gonna read the rest of yeah, that article please. while trying to talk. <laughs> well, they must have some really cool uh, D and D games up in R four. <laughs> Holy shit! Can you imagine that? <laughs> That'd be kick ass. I've lost control. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played that in a while. I need to play that. Again. I've never played D and D, but it can I. Be fun. I mean, I know. I. I mean. Except one time on a camping trip, you know, when everybody was sort of like... Oh, oh just saying, there is an Euler characteristic for four polytopes. Okay, anyway, back to D&D. <laughs> no, uh, I yeah. mean, we, I never played, like, with the official <laughs> rules and whatever, but just, like, verbal D&D, because we were doing a, a uh, kayaking trip. You so, like, can't LARP? Play verbal D&D? That <laughs> is that, like, that live-action role-play? You, you say, I choose to walk out into I the... I cast Amazon. magic missile! <laughs> <laughs> yes. What are yes. you casting? I cast Fireball! 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much that. Um, no, I mean... So you were, you were essentially replaying a Dr. Demento skit while kayaking. Oh, Dr. Demento. Of course. Oh, no, but, um... Walk yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be down. Shouldn't I'd be you down. be like rowing? We can we can nerd out one <laughs> one evening. This is not the forum to plan a pen and paper. Actually, D&D I agree. Session. We should. We should. You, okay, know, I would have... you know what you should do, Sam? You should set up a, a D and playing footsie with me. A D and D forum. I was trying to hit you. in in the forum for your website. You should uh, set up a D and D section. So that... hell yeah. <laughs> so that I actually get people going to the forum, which is acmescience.com/slash forum. By the way, get more. no, I, I please <laughs> don't do that. Those for I don't like those forums. <laughs> was your kayak what, our forum? No, mean... no, I don't. I, no, not you, listener. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Sam. You mean the two that go there. We need more listeners on the forum. Please talk about us or about whatever the hell you want to talk about. Please just go there, sign up, and talk about this episode, previous episodes. Just do it, please. AcmeScience.com slash forum. Brandon Brandon will play D&D with you. That's true. I will. Was your kayak made playing D&D or was he just yelling, Nathan, row. (laughs) Uh, but, I choose to row. No, his last <laughs> name roll. is his last name is Rose. Yes, yes, the I pun, the wordplay. Uh, Chris gets way too excited and delivers <laughs> it too strongly. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was I was gonna say, oh yeah, that's right. But uh, it, just fair warning for anyone who plays uh, plays D anD D with Brand, he's only allowed to choose either dwarf or troll. That's bullshit. <laughs> uh, because that according fair. to the rules of D anD D, your personal height uh, in real life affects your possible choices. Uh, but it's one of those things, like, you have to be so tall to ride this ride, but you can ride all the rides below you. So me, being a tall, normal person, can do play every character class and it's, type. It's not it's not a linear relationship. Yeah, exactly. It's not like if it's, you're it's five It's an inclusion. Tall, it's an inclusion-exclusion yeah. relationship. Right. Well, maybe we could say it's, like, exponential. So if you're, if you're a foot taller than Brandon, then you can be characters twice as tall as Brandon. So... Um, <laughs> So what? I can why be characters. We, why are we talking about so this? So just a second. So just saying, you open the door, buddy. Uh, I didn't open the door. <laughs> so just say, you talked about D&D. So he as, talked about Since D&D. I'm two feet taller than Brandon, uh, that means I can play characters what? Like two feet? Four? Four, four, four feet times. Four, four times, times as tall so as Brandon. So if Brandon plays a three foot tall dwarf. Uh, <laughs> I can play a 12 foot tall giant. Yeah, I'd say 12 feet. That that makes you a giant, I'd say. So, uh, then that's in other words, right. Brandon is short. What were we talking about again? I don't know. Uh, oh, polyhedra. Oh, I'll get you back or something. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. You'll just leave your fucking text message ring on. I can be annoying. <laughs> okay, Chris, do you have anything actually constructive to add to this conversation? I, I was curious how they make those uh, non-regular or those irregular polyhedral dice fair. They oh, don't. They just the only way they pr- they prove it's fair because you can't of symmetry land, um, properties. Okay. Or, um, oh, oh, you were talking about the one with yeah, like the, the rounded the, edge. The three sided die. Um, you just show that you if you rotate it any of these three ways, um, you get the same configuration, which means all three faces have the same probability. Um, and for the five sided die, five sided dies made the same way. Um, there was like a fourteen sided die, and that one was done. Anyway, you just use symmetry properties. Yeah, so it's if you have curved edges, every single thing has to be uh, next to the same amount of curved edges. So like, if you if you have to have more than one curved face on it in order to make it fair, if you have one, then it has to be coincident to all the other faces. If you have two, uh, then you know it could be seven and seven, or it could be fourteen and fourteen. Uh, well, I mean, what I mean is, if if one face is down. 
um, then it's just rotationally different than having any other face down. Well, so yeah. That, so but, that it, it's, but if we're talking in a more real-world applied sense, it's the same idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Brandon, you got anything else to add to this? No, sorry. Okay, sorry, Nathan. I, I lost track of what we were talking about. Okay, well then, <laughs> on this really down note, uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to do this again. This is, this is just getting depressing it's to me. It's been a long I, week. I just, I just am sitting here next to the board. All I ever really want to do is mute the other people on this podcast these days. I mean, this is it's really becoming sad. It's much more of a chore than it used to be. I, I, I hate everyone who's on here with me. Are you going to read us your dreams next? Should we interpret those? <laughs> are we gonna, are Can we give slash away, your dreams down Give now? away the secret location? <laughs> and I, I already did. did. I did last, last episode, and I did it this... See... The people on you've been on both those, and they don't even pay attention. I mean, you were on that. (laughs) Holy shit, Chris! (laughs) And and so, I mean, signing off, signing off for possibly the last time. Uh, Check 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 for me. Check for me on the blog. I mean, I might I might post new stuff up. Uh, Check for me on Twitter, Twitter.com/slash/acme-science. You can email me to see how I'm doing. If I'm out of this funk, at samuel@acme-science.com. And otherwise, uh, just find one of these other people. Make sure I'm still, you know, around. Because, I mean, this is just depressing me. This could be so, our episode five. So, everyone. I figured it, I figured it out. <laughs> Sam's trying so hard everyone, to sound depressed to get the, just, the listener concerned so that they'll actually write in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my just, God. Are you okay, Sam? Just have, have a mathorific week. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, that's it for yet another episode of Combinations and Permutations. If you would like to get a hold of me or talk to any of the other people who are uh, actively trying to ruin this show, uh, give me an email over at samuel at acmescience.com. Please visit our website, acmescience.com. Please take part in our forums. Very happy with uh, Dr. Who and uh, Cody Palmer. guest of the show former guest of the show who have been active over there but we'd like to see a lot more of you there's some funny things that get put up and just in general i think it'd be a fantastic experience for everyone if everybody had a head headed over there right now okay i i can't keep up the shroud no i it's, it's we'll hear from us again in about a week uh with our theme song and outro music from sp12 find them over at opsounds.org and uh remember this is licensed under a creative commons attribution share like license so take my depressed rantings at the end mix it into an awesome dance remix just let people know that that voice came to you from combinations of permutations and acmescience.com hope to hear from you enjoy listening thank you